The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is God's word for today. Uh, We're going to pray, though, uh, and just ask God to speak uh, as we encounter him in his word in Mark. Lord, you are a God who has power. You are a God who speaks and reality changes. Lord, we lift up uh, this message to you. We ask that your spirit speaks. We ask that we come to understand you in this world that we live in a little bit better. God, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So today we're talking about a storm. And I once heard a pastor, in fact, my home congregation pastor, I talk about storms in our life, and he said, there's only three categories that you fall in. You are either in pre-storm, so you are getting ready to go into a storm of some sort. It could be financial, it could be uh, physical, it could be in your family, it could be in your job, it could be in your house, or you're in the midst of a storm, you are fully aware, yes, there is chaos, there is a squall, there are waves that are about to overtake me. Or you're coming out of a storm. But in the world that we live in, those are the three categories we get. It's either about to happen, it's happening, or it just happened. And it's that cycle that all of us have to deal with. It's part of living in a broken world. We talk a lot about what happened pre-garden, right? Pre-early mornings. We had a God who put the world together and it was good. We had a relationship with him, we had a relationship with other people, and we had a relationship with the world, sin comes in and everything literally, and I mean this in the literal definition, goes to hell. Hell is separation from God. And so we get separated from God, we get separated from each other, we get separated from the world, the world starts breaking down and things like storms start to happen. And again, that's what we're talking about today, this encounter with Christ when a storm hits. And one of the interesting things of storms in my life is a lot of them are of my own making, right? My own tomfoolery gets the best of me, and I end up making decisions, I end up breaking relationships due to my actions, due to my own bad thinking, my own broken thinking, distorts reality, and then I create my own chaos. And so oftentimes, as Christians, we can think if a storm is hit, it's because we've done something wrong. And occasionally that's true, but this story clearly points out that's not always true. See, that day, when evening came, he, being Jesus, said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Jesus is the one who says, hey guys, I've got an idea. Let's go over there. And at the time, it's pre-storm. They don't know what's about to happen, and they're like, all right, sure, we got some boats. It's a lake. You got a bunch of fishermen. These are people who knew how to be in the boat. They knew how to get across. They knew how to be safe. They're looking around. They're not seeing any problems. And so they follow God's lead. 
They're literally following Jesus. They're doing what they're told, and that is the pre-storm. So they didn't set it up themselves. God apparently was okay with them going into this storm, which again teaches us something. It's not always about us. Sometimes it's about just where God's leading, and that's going to have specific consequences. But that does break against a myth that you'll see within American Christianity. And that myth is, if you're really following God, you are in the safest, most secure place you can be. And while from a spiritual perspective, there is a little bit of truth there, that's normally not how we read it. How we read it is, if you're following God, your business is going to go gangbusters. If you're following God, you're going to be the healthiest, wisest person you know. If you're following God, your bank account is going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. It's this myth that says, if you're following God, there ain't going to be any storms. That doesn't align with Scripture. It doesn't align with Jesus' own teaching. This is how he describes what following him looks like. He says, brother will betray brother to death. And a father his child, children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Does this seem like a safe plan? Does he seem like he's telling them, hey guys, guess what? Follow me and everything is going to be just all roses and smelling nice. No hurt, no pain. Your family's going to do great. You're going to do great. That's not the story. That's not the Jesus that we're following, which then makes the context of what happens in the storm a lot more real. But the reality is that we have this spiritual issue called sin, right? It breaks things down. Talked about that. Breaks down all relationships. But that spiritual war that we're in, that spiritual reality has physical consequences, So when we're following Jesus, we're going into a broken world, we're going into a world that is full of whirlwinds and tornadoes and all kinds of chaos. And he sends us into the middle of that. He sends us into the middle of hurting people who specialize in hurting people. And we're not just against the forces of nature. This isn't just normal chaos. This is directed chaos. Right? He says, you are up against the evil one. Satan, Lucifer, the tempter, there is something directing this hurt and this pain, trying to make it worse. He sends us into a war zone. And so it makes sense that we're going to take some bruises. We're going to take some hits. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy. He says this in Matthew. He says, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim on the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body. Uh, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. He's saying, guys, you are playing for bigger stakes than just a worldly perspective. It's actually worse than you know, he says. And so it's going to be harder than you know. But he compares that with just a little while later. He says this. He says, but are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So he combines, it's going to be hard, with 
but you're still in your father's care. Right? And he talks about these sparrows, and in ancient Israel at the time, you would go offer sacrifices. It was how you connected to God. And the least sacrifice you could buy, the smallest one, you could get two sparrows for a penny. They were practically worthless. And God says he knows every single one of them. And then he says something that's almost ridiculous. He goes, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Now let me tell you, I specialize in myself, right? I know where my moles are. I know where I'm getting a little bit heftier on the waist. I know if there's a scratch on my body. I specialize in the body and the physicalness of Joshua McHenry Miller. And yet I don't know every hair on my head. Is it hundreds? Is it thousands? I mean, some of you have less hair, so it's a little bit easier to track. But the reality is we have a God who specializes in every cell that we have. Think about that for a second. Every cell, that means he knows where the cancer's at. He knows when the body is going to start to deteriorate even before you do. He understands what's happening. And then I love this last line because it's almost like Jesus is using, not almost, Jesus is using language to make a point. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than a lot of sparrows. You see, we are still in the care of God, even in the storm, even in the hurt, even in the spiritual reality that we live in a broken world. We're not out of God's plan. And in fact, the reality is he's still working. He still has a plan in those situations. Every detail, every moment, all the hurt, all the chaos, all the confusion, God is still moving. Christ's plan is still being put into place. And we're going to see that in the story, but hear this clearly. Look, whatever stage of storm you're in, pre, during, or post, God is moving in that moment. The Savior, the foundation that we're going to build ourselves on, is still in control. And that's the takeaway here. We're going to see that in a second. So the story goes on. So they're in the boat. They're following Jesus. All right, let's do this thing. And leaving the crown behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. So you've got this little caravan of boats crossing the uh, lake. But a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. Now notice all of a sudden we are using nautical terms, right? This isn't a, a small storm. A squall is a very specific type of storm. It's a type of storm where if you are a boater, if you're a fisherman like a bunch of folks in Jesus' com, uh, group was, a squall meant something really bad, right? It's grab your ankles, start praying. We're not sure if we're going to get out of this. And all of a sudden, you've got the boat that's nearly swamped. And again, I think we can feel this way sometimes, right? The boat's starting to take on water, and we're like, God, this is not okay. Are we okay? Is this going to be okay? And then, really, this is just funny, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion, right? I mean, it's laughable. Squall, massive storm. Jesus passed out, taking his afternoon nap. Like, we think this way, right? And we all feel this way. God, don't you see what's happening down here? Are you sleeping? 
The story that they're learning about in kids' ministry, at one point, Elijah's talking about the other god, and he talks some smack. And literally, this is him talking smack, because their gods aren't doing anything. And he goes, oh, is your god using the bathroom? Right? Do you take a, take a lunch break? Is that what happened? But we can feel that way. God, this is an inopportune time not to be moving, not to be active, not to be speaking to us. And we can think it's out of his control. That's what the disciples do, right? They wake him up, teacher. Don't you care? Don't you care? And, and this is that moment, this is that crux, right? This is where it becomes a bit more personal. It becomes more real because all of us are pre, during, or post. And even if it's not in our lives, then it's in the lives of our family who just got the diagnosis, who just lost their job, the lives of our friends who just got a divorce, it's in the lives of our community where we see turn itself to pieces. And we cry out, well, don't you care? And what's awesome is that Jesus responds, Jesus acts. When does he calm the storm? After they ask him to. Think about that for a moment. He responded to their cry. We're going to take a moment, we're going to pause Typically, and we will pray after the sermon, but I, I, I just want to take a moment that we can cry out to God for. Maybe it's a storm in your own life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it has nothing to do with work. Maybe it has to do with a thousand other things. Maybe there's a storm in your own life where you're like, God, I'm going to cry out to you about this right now. Or maybe it's a storm in someone else's life, someone who's hurting. I just want to take a moment to actually pray. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and then I'm just going to be silent for a little bit where we can pray for those in our lives who are in the midst of that storm and cry out to them. And then we're going to see how God responds to those cries. Heavenly Father, Lord, we live in a broken world where the chaos and the hurt and the squalls and the waves can seem all too strong for us. Lord, we come before you now with our personal storms. We come before you now with the storms of those in our life. Lord, we cry out to you now. Amen. So, Jesus is going to wake up. And I love this. He rebukes the wind and says to the wives, uh, waves, quiet, be still. He chastises the world. Think about that for a moment, right? Because there's all kinds of chaos. There's all kinds of hurt. And he rebukes it. Like a dog. Bad boy. And it responds. 
Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I used to be terrified of storms. Four or five years old, when the thunder would come, and the wind would smack against the windows, and the whole house would shake. Remember, I would crawl up on my dad's lap, completely sure we were done, that this was the end. And yet, in my dad's arms, he was confident, Josh, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And I knew it was okay because my dad was with me. Well, this is that on steroids, right? My dad had the house. My dad had the walls, but he couldn't stop the storm. He couldn't say, don't worry, you're really scared, son. I got this. Hey, thunder, hush. Hey, wind, shut up. That isn't him, but that is our God. That is our Jesus, the primal forces of nature. Obey him. The story of God, the story of creation starts with him speaking reality to existence. Let there be light. Light shows up. Let there be a world. The world shows up. With that same voice, he speaks into the storm, stop. That's enough. And it does. And the primal forces of creation of the world that we live in, right? So yeah, we have storms, we have water, we have rain. There's other primal forces. Our bodies are primal forces, right? I'm not in control of whether or not I get sick or not. Sometimes the primal forces might be our bank accounts, the credit cards, the house sprung a leak, pink slip. All these forces that are outside of our control are not outside of our God's control are not outside of what our God is doing, are not outside of his plan, are not outside of our Father's power. See, at the end of the day, it's not a question of whether or not the storms are coming, because they are. It's where we're going to put our faith, where we're going to put our trust, what we're going to build our foundation on. Jesus told a parable about another storm, and he says this. He says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it it had its foundation on the rock. See, Jesus is the foundation that holds everything else together. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, well, that's like a foolish man who built on the sand. The rain comes down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against it and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The world is constantly yelling at us to put our hope, put our foundation in something other than Christ. Get your bank account big enough and you'll be safe. Nope, can be wiped out in a day. Work out, do all the right things and you'll be safe. No. Hit by a bus. Clearly can't be. You can do everything right according to the world's way, and it's still a foundation of sand. Yet Christ offers something different. He says, but when you build your foundation on me, the storms will come, but I can stop the storm. And that foundation that he gives us starts here, but lasts into eternity. 
He says, the foundation that I'm going to give you is going to help you survive the storm in this moment, but it also pays off into the next moment, into eternity, right? The two certainties in life, death and taxes, they're going to hit all of us. But his foundation plays on both sides. His foundation gives us security to continue to go back into a broken world where hurting people are hurting people, and we get hurt sometimes. But he goes, but you're not going to fall because you're going to build yourself on me. When you build yourself on me, on his grace, on his gifts, through his power, well, then you really are aligned with his plan. You really are right where you're supposed to be. And he will take care of you. He will give you daily bread. Now and into eternity. I'm going to invite the band up. We're going to start a song, uh, Jesus Savior Pilot Me, which is rather appropriate given the topic of uh, today's message. Uh, And that's going to lead into a time of confession. A time where we can just be honest and vulnerable with God that, you know what, I've created some of my own storms. My own broken thinking got me into some places I shouldn't be. And God's going to encounter us there and he's going to forgive us. It's also a time where you might just be in the midst of a storm and you might say, God, I just need you in the boat. I need to know you're here and he's going to be there too. We're going to lead into communion, right? Community union, but also the sacrament, the sacred moment where we believe God shows up and he says, I'm going to do life with you. I'm going to be present with you. You're not alone. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you continue to speak into the storms of our life. Lord, that you move in your timing and your will and your good plan. Lord, we pray that you move. Lord, we say this all in our son, your son's precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.